Welcome to the $100 MBA show. Power up your business every single day with our daily 10-minute business lessons for the real world. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of Webinar Ninja. And today's episode is a guest teacher episode. On our guest teacher episodes, we bring on an expert to teach their area of expertise. And today we have John Austinson teaching you how to select a franchise. We were excited to bring John to teach this topic because franchising and buying a franchise business has been a highly requested topic. Some of us have the entrepreneurial itch, but want to start a business that has a track record of success. They don't want to go through the hall of product market fit and making sure they have something that people want. Maybe you're not interested in building your own systems. You want something that's proven that you can take over and see it grow and make you financial returns. If that's you, buying a franchise is probably right up your alley. But how do you choose the right one for you so you have the highest chances of success? Well, that's why we brought on John Austinson to teach his lesson. John is a top 1% franchise consultant and leads Franbridge Consulting as their CEO. And we have him here on the show today. There's a lot to get into, so let's get into it. Let's get down to business. Support for today's show comes from Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card from Capital One, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase. And it has no present spending limit, so your purchasing power can adapt to meet your business needs. Take Antonelli's own Antonelli's Cheese Shop in Austin, Texas. They use their 2% cash back from their Spark Cash Plus card to help cover their employees' healthcare costs. Imagine what the Spark Cash Plus card from Capital One can do for your business. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash SparkCashPlus. Today's guest teacher, John Austinson, is a franchising expert. He literally wrote the book on franchising. And I know you're thinking, are you talking about like Subway or Domino's Pizza? No, he actually specializes in non-food franchising, which is the title of his book. There are thousands of options when it comes to buying a franchise business, from lawn care services to coaching services to franchises that start at only $75,000. But the most important thing here is knowing which one to choose that works for you. You're a unique individual with unique experiences and skills. How can you apply those into your new franchise business? Well, that's why we brought on John to teach his lesson. I'm gonna pass it on to him now, but I'll be back to wrap up today's episode and give my takeaways. But for now, take it away, John. Hey everybody, this is John Austinson, and today we're gonna to discuss franchising. Who is buying? What are they buying? Why are they buying? And then also, how are they buying? There's a lot of great activity going on in the small business world today, and a lot of it's being done within the world of franchising, yet there are oftentimes a lot of unknowns. So we're gonna unpack those today, really complete your understanding, and help you understand, is franchising potentially a path for you now or down the road? So first off, let's talk about why franchising. You know, first off, I'd say franchising is not right for everybody. You know, I, I find that some clients of ours are too entrepreneurial. They, they want to put their thumbprints all over everything. They don't want to stay between the lines. And I have to tell them that. 
However, for so many, franchising does make a lot more sense and it's a better path to business ownership. And some of what people are attracted to uh, within franchising include the proven playbook. You've got an operating plan on day one. Uh, it's been proven out in other models. You're not questioning product market fit. Instead, it's all about executing. And so knowing there's a path to profitability and being able to execute on that from day one versus trying to determine is the startup even Profit, profitable potentially is a great, uh, great way to go. Secondly, you've got a coach on the sidelines in that franchisor. The better you do, the better they do. So they're supporting you in all sorts of facets, whether it be marketing, whether it be coaching you up, helping your team, train them up, uh, you know, supporting the systems and the operations on the back end. You know, they're, they're bulk buying if you have an inventory uh, carrying business you know, vendor agreements. There are a lot of benefits to having that coach on the sidelines. Third, you've got other franchise owners in other markets that are living the same thing day in, day out. Uh, they may be testing new marketing vehicles or figuring out the best place to find good talent. And you're constantly exchanging these best practices and learnings with others in other markets. So, you know, in a way you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And not to be too cliche, but you're starting on third base instead of first base out of the gate. And then finally, I would say while franchising doesn't totally de-risk business ownership, when you look at the stats, over 90% of franchise businesses are still in business five years later, whereas most startups, you know, the vast majority will not continue down that path of uh, being in business five years later. So, you know, the numbers don't lie. It definitely does de-risk the situation. And part of that's because early on, you really get to determine, is this business the right fit for you? You get to go in eyes wide open. Uh, two of the ways in which that is done is um, every franchise system has what's called a FDD or franchise disclosure document. Uh, franchising is regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. Every franchise system is required to have the FDD, which includes all the information you can ever imagine about the business, including what they call the item 19 within that FDD. And the item 19 shows the average financial performance of all the other owners within a franchise system. So you're able to understand if you were to come in and perform average or above average, what those results could look like. Um, second, you're able to go through what we call validation, which we'll get into a little more uh, deeply later. Uh, with validation, you get to talk to other owners that are currently operating the businesses across the nation. And it, in that case, you're also... Um, able to hear about their experience and the support levels they've gotten. And then what are their financial ramp ups? So you really get that eyes wide open going in. And finally, oftentimes it goes overlooked, but you know, as a business owner, you're, you're, you've got an incoming cash flow. You're able to write off expenses, but then you're also building an asset that's going to have exit value down the road. And there was an interesting study done by the Rinker School of Business recently that looked at 2,000 business transactions that took place over a 10-year period. They looked at both franchise and non-franchise businesses across a wide array of industries, comparing like-kind uh, industries uh, together. And what they found was that franchise businesses traded a multiple of one and a half times non-franchise businesses when the owners go to sell. So there's going to be an exit value down the road. You're building an asset, not just a cash flow. 
So that is why, why people choose franchising. So who is getting into franchising? Who are these franchise buyers? Uh, roughly half of those that we work with are what we call owner operators. They're oftentimes looking to make the jump from maybe a corporate position and they've always wanted to be a business owner. And, and now they're making that jump and they're going to run the day-to-day -day operations. The other half are looking at what we call an executive model or semi-absentee, semi-passive. These are different terms that we use. And they're oftentimes keeping their day job or maybe they're an existing business owner and they've got other businesses to tend to. And so they're not able to put in their full-time focus running the day-to-day -day operations. However, they're willing to invest in a manager on day one, a general manager oftentimes that will run that day-to-day -day business for them. And, you know, they're able to leverage maybe their relationships in the local market and, um, you know, provide the coaching and expertise from the sidelines supporting this general manager. So that's another very positive benefit. And oftentimes those owners find that because they have the franchise support system, they're more comfortable turning the keys of the business over to, uh, to a day-to-day -day manager. So that is who is buying. And, and we really see it across a wide variety of age groups. You know, year to date, we've done deals with those from their 20s all the way to the 60s. So I'd say on average, we're seeing probably late 30s to early 50s. It's really been that sweet spot where a lot of people are saying, hey, maybe now's the time to scratch out entrepreneurial itch. And, um, you know, I think COVID certainly led a lot of people down that path to question the path they're on and say, hey, maybe now's the time to, uh, to, to make that move. So, what are people buying? Uh, you know, we work with a whole variety of different industries from uh, you know, automotive to health and wellness and fitness to um, anything related to the aging population. Uh, you know, what are those macro trends that come into place? Anything related to kids, pets, health, things that people are willing to spend their money on. Even in a recession, even in a pandemic, oftentimes, uh, you know, we joke that the non-sexy businesses have become the new sexy. You know, we see clients getting into things like roll-off dumpsters or the serve pro type model, water mitigation, mold remediation. You know, those are not glamorous businesses, but they're not going anywhere and they're going to be needed uh, day in, day out. And, you know, oftentimes these businesses are Amazon proof. That's one of the things that people are attracted to, you know, with franchising, oftentimes you're bringing in technology, it may be a white collar approach into a blue collar industry. Um, and there's just some neat models out there, you know, within the oil change world, uh, using prefabricated buildings for with unused parking spaces, uh, you know, making it super convenient for, uh, for the customer, but then also, um, you know, creating a great setup for the owner. Um, we see, uh, we've done three recent deals in the gutters business. Now, who are these people that are buying a gutter business? Well, one was a former Wall Street attorney outside of Boston. Another was a former sales and marketing executive in New Jersey. Uh, another was uh, two brothers that had an insurance background down in South Carolina. And so, what we find is typically our clients don't have a background in in uh, the industry that they're moving into. And oftentimes, over 90% of them end up in an industry they didn't even have on their radar. But it's really fascinating once you pull back that the onion, the, the different layers, and you understand what role do you want to have in the business? Um, what does the financial dynamic look like? You know, where are your relationships in the market? Um, you know, what are the market needs? You know, all those factors come into play to say, point you in the right direction of, hey, this is the right opportunity for you. Um, so, you know, there are different types of uh, franchises. I'd say they range from the brick and mortar style. You know, it could be a very heavy investment, capital intensive. Uh, but oftentimes we see service-based businesses that may allow for 
working remotely and uh, you know, not having to uh, have a physical location, at least not one that's customer facing. And that's an easier way to ramp up and, and uh, you know, not have as much dependent on that specific site. Um, so from a financial standpoint, you know, how much are these franchises? Um, you know, the average deal size that we see is between 125,000 and 300,000. That's where about 75% of our deals fall. Uh, we certainly have some on either side of that. Um, what you're doing is you're purchasing oftentimes a location or maybe a territory defined uh, by population, a couple hundred thousand in population, you've got a geographic boundary. Um, so we oftentimes see clients purchasing multi-packs. They might buy three territories and start out operating in one and then scale to the others over time. That's that's a very common approach. Um, in the range that I provided, 125 to 300, that would be your all-in investment. That includes a couple of things. It would include your franchise fee. It would include um, your build-out cost if it's a retail-based business, any equipment, any inventory. Uh, and then they typically include startup costs, your first three months or so of working capital. So what are those marketing costs, those personnel costs out of the gate? All that gets rolled into that range estimate. And what we find is a lot of clients are using uh, different ways of funding the business. You know, probably a third of our clients pay out of pocket, uh, but many others are choosing to go with an SBA loan. And I'd say about half of them are using an SBA loan, either a 7A loan or an express loan. Um, we also see clients tapping into their retirement where you can use a self-directed program called a ROBS program using a 401k or IRA that actually purchased the business for you. So that's another way or a portfolio loan using brokerage accounts. So there, there are a lot of different ways to get into business ownership um, you know, and purchase that franchise. From a cash flow standpoint, the exciting stuff, uh, every franchise system uh, has that item 19, as, as I mentioned, and within that it shows the average of other owners in the system. And it's eye-opening to people oftentimes what kind of returns you can get in running a business, uh, even from just the cash flow standpoint. Uh, the gutter business, for instance, that I mentioned, you know, the average investment there is between 150 and 200. And their franchise owners are averaging 1.2 million in top line revenue per location. And that's on a 31% EBITDA bottom line margin. End of the day, what are they putting in their pockets? You're talking a little north of 350,000 that that business is returning. Uh, so you can imagine as you scale that up to additional locations, it can really become meaningful. And uh, again, it's these industries that people oftentimes don't have on their radars that, that, that are really getting them excited. Um, and, you know, oftentimes they're entering a fragmented space. You know, some other examples of industries, uh, you know, I, I'd say, you know, the gutters, that's an example of a home and property service. Um, really, since COVID, nothing has been more popular than, than property services. Uh, $600 billion space, all sorts of niches within that, whether it be roofing or insulation, or maybe it's ongoing maintenance of, uh, you know, pool cleaning, let's say. Uh, we, I, I'm a personally investor invested in the, the driveway company. It's a franchise system, great niche, no other player out there nationally. And we don't even have to market the business because we've seen such customer demand. Um, it's very common these days, you know, as a business owner, you're always going to be playing whack-a-mole and you're going to have to, uh, you know, choose your area of focus. Right now, it's definitely not on the customer demand side. Instead, it is on the labor side. So we're getting creative in how we incentivize, um, incentivize our employees to retain them and, and get the best out of them. So that's a very common thing that I hear from clients. What are those opportunities with the highest return on investment, lowest amount of uh, employees? 
uh, switching gears, health and wellness, um, you know, coming out of COVID, all the trends, you know, the aging population, you know, and this could span from custom orthotics that use 3D printing to, you know, IV drips to uh, businesses that are related to the, to the aging population, you know, such as wheelchair ramps and stair lifts and helping people age in place uh, in their homes. Obviously, in-home senior care is another one, um, but we're seeing a lot of interest in areas also like B2B services, whether it be waste management, whether it be, um, you know, little niches along the way. Um, you know, some businesses you can get into for as low as 75000 We just had an engineer client up in Indianapolis purchase a business coaching franchise. We had another client in Birmingham, Alabama, purchase a business that's a B2B cost analyst business where they go in and analyze vendor agreements and uh, they're able to bulk buy and reduce expenses for small business owners. So really a wide variety of businesses out there. And, um, you know, I, I'd say franchising has never been hotter. Uh, the one challenge we're up against is competition. We're always trying to position our clients against other uh, candidates for similar opportunities in the same market, and they're going quickly. Um, the process that we use to help you find that right franchise is really streamlined. So if you were to go out there and Google around, around you're going to find every brand is putting their best foot forward. They're showing you their marketing materials. Well, we've got the relationships we're able to see behind the scenes. Our process is entirely free for our clients. Uh, we get paid by the franchisors. For them, it, it's a sales and marketing cost. None of that gets passed on to our clients. Um, so we've been very fortunate. We have selected over 500 brands to represent across a wide array of industries. And what we do is we take um, take our clients through these vetted opportunities. We get to know our clients and introduce them to seven or eight opportunities on average in their market that we feel could be a good fit based on what they've shared with us. Um, you know, some of those criteria that I mentioned earlier, as well as what do we see resonating with others in the market uh, in other spaces. And so we bring all that in, we narrow it down with them to two or three to actually take a deep dive with where we make the introduction to the franchisor. The franchisor will then take them through a process of unit economics, FDD review, uh, really getting into the financial understanding the behind the scenes of the business. They'll put them through validation where they get to talk to other owners. They'll ultimately meet with the CEO and their team, typically for a day and a half. We call that a discovery day uh, on site with the franchisor's team. And all through this process, we're holding our clients' hands. We're getting on weekly calls or bi-weekly calls and serving as a sounding board. We'll help them think through whether they should drop one of these opportunities that they're looking at, maybe bring back another one. So it can be an iterative process. It's also very educational. They're, they're learning how to develop a lens through which to compare different types of businesses and pros and cons of each. So uh, it's a lot of fun for us, again, because over 90% of our clients end up in an industry that was not on their radar. So we help them uh, kind of turn that light bulb on it, if you will. So would love to connect more and discuss all of this. I am passionate about franchising. I've seen it work for so many of my clients and uh, love just changing lives through it. If you'd love to learn more, come out to franbridgeconsulting.com. That's frambridgeconsulting.com and schedule an intro call and we will chat and share, share some resources. If nothing else, let's get you on the, on the monthly newsletter list where we share some great content. We look forward to connecting. Thank you. Support for today's show comes from NetSuite. School's out for summer, but if your business is running QuickBooks, you'll never get a break. 
QuickBooks manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitch delays will leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Failing to graduate to NetSuite will leave you stuck in summer school while your friends party. NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number one cloud ERP, no matter how big your business grows. With visibility and control of your finances, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow in one place. Automate your processes with NetSuite and close your books in no time. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control since graduating from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program, so graduating has never been easier. Head to netsuite.com slash MBA right now. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash MBA. netsuite.com slash MBA. What a fantastic lesson by John Austinson. If you want to learn more about this topic, go to franbridgeconsulting.com. I know several entrepreneurs that only buy franchise businesses. And when I ask them why, it's pretty simple. They say it's a proven model and they see it more as an investment, like they're putting in money that has a predictable return on investment. The other thing that tracks them to franchises is that it's got a system that works that you can just plug in players to make it work. This means it really can be an investment, meaning that you can be hands-off. You can be vacationing, doing your hobby projects, writing a book while your team is running your franchise business because they have a handbook to know exactly what they have to do, how to do it, and how to achieve the goals that you need to achieve to have a successful business. So it's just a matter of hiring the right people to do it for you. There's plenty of support and training included in a lot of these franchises that you can buy. The other thing they state is that it's like a partnership. It's in the franchise's best interest for you to succeed. So they're going to try to refine that process and make sure your store, your business, your branch has what it needs, has all the tools, the resources to be successful. And lastly, what they share with me is that they became an entrepreneur for simple reasons like they want to be their own boss. They want to have their own hours. They want flexibility. They want to have financial freedom. All of this can be achieved with a franchise business or businesses, and they don't have to deal with any of the headaches of trying to figure out if the actual public wants what they're offering, create something out of thin air. They're not really the inventor type. They just really want the financial benefits and the time uh, and flexibility benefits of business. They're okay with having a non-sexy business. And I can totally resonate with that. Like sometimes you just want a business that does well, that earns you cash, that allows you to help people in a significant way without having to like jump through fire hoops, right? To figure out all these different problems that no one has figured out before. With a franchise, they've been through it a million times. They've optimized for success. They know exactly what you should and shouldn't do where to advertise, how to get customers, how to lower your costs and expenses and all that kind of stuff. So if this is kind of resonating with you, you should really look into becoming a franchise owner. That wraps up today's lesson. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. What are you listening to this podcast on right now? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, whatever it is, make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're following so that way you get the next episode automatically. It's also the best way to show whatever platform you're on that you love this podcast and give us a bump in the algorithm. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. For many new entrepreneurs, a franchise is actually a really good business to start with, to learn how to manage your PL, a budget, to hire, to fire, 
to work in the confines or the rules of a franchise, sort of like playing uh, bowling with the bumpers on the side of the bowling alley or the, or the lane. It's ensuring that you're going in the right direction. It's a good way to just earn some wealth. And then you could take that wealth and turn it into another business if you like, whether it's a franchise or not a franchise. But it's a good place to kind of earn your chops to learn as your first business. Thanks so much for listening and I'll check you in tomorrow's episode. I'll see you then. Take care. <laughs>